What up? We are back once again today, and you know it is time to get the ball rolling. We are back again in the studio, and we are now wrapping up our preview section. I know that the majority of this podcast has been uh, kind of a hype for this next year. But it is time. Uh, this will be the last kind of uh, preview as we look into the teams and their 2019 campaigns. Today on the show, we will be having Utah State Aggies. We'll be talking uh, about them. We will be discussing uh, a little bit where I see this team going. This is kind of a big question mark after uh, last year's breakout season. What is going to be uh, happening here? Uh, but like I said, this will be kind of our last preview. I, there potentially could be one more. I don't think it will happen, however. Uh, but we will definitely uh, be here. I've uh, spoken to a couple people uh, close to Utah State that are in Logan about this, about some of my ideas, some of my thoughts for this upcoming season. And overall, I'm really excited to uh, to talk about them. Utah State here in the Beehive State here in Utah has always been kind of looked at as a big question mark. Uh they, I remember when I was a little kid, now, I'm not, I don't want to talk bad about Utah State, I, I do like Utah State, but their swag when I was a little kid was probably my least favorite overall, I mean, it was a weird old school logo that had the U and State in it, uh, they really didn't use the, the bull uh, very much, and about the time they got really good, about 2012, they kind of went through a transformation where uh, they switched up the logo a little bit, uh, they switched up their swag a little bit, and overall they, they did really well. And I was really impressed with it, and I know that kind of the state was, because it was like, wow, Utah State is now changing things up. Uh, you know, the University of Utah has uh, changed some things on, on their swag, and, and BYU, very little, but BYU had, BYU had brown, part of brown jerseys at one point, so, uh, they kind of switched it up too, so really kind of an interesting little thing, but Utah State, I feel like they got their swag back together, and, uh, they became very, very popular, uh, their recruiting methods in high school, they were very tenacious, they, they got back after us, I mean, I was in, in the Ogden area, and they figure that most people will go to Weber State, uh, but Utah State always came in. They always had the coolest guys there. They'd bring in, you know, shirts, hats, hoodies, jackets, stickers, water bottles, anything that you can think of. I feel like they had like an unlimited supply. And they'd come in. They'd talk to us. Hey, look, you want to go to Logan. They were selling Logan very good. Now, Logan, uh, for those of you not from Utah, is not one of my favorite places, uh, but it is a really pretty place. A lot of people do like it. Logan's kind of on, on an island up there. It is it is about an hour away from Ogden. Uh, you had to go up a canyon. You had to get up a canyon either way to get there. And it is just this big, big valley uh, with surrounding towns. I mean, obviously, we're not going to uh, forget about kind of the, the surrounding towns, Smithfield, Hiram, uh, those kinds of towns around there, but Logan uh, itself is just kind of itself there. There's not, I mean, you have to drive everywhere 
uh, to get there, you have Preston, Idaho, uh, a little bit north. It doesn't really have much commerce and stuff, but you know, Logan's kind of its own little entity. And, and, and in the in the winter, they have this really terrible thing called the inversion, where uh, as as it snows, it becomes really cold on the valley floor, and then the warm air passes over the top, kind of creating like a fog or a smog type thing. Really terrible air quality. Uh, I always joke with my friends that nine months out of the year, you can't see the sky in Logan, and they laugh and they say that's not true but a uh, really a cold town I've I've ran there I've uh this last year I had a cross-country race in Logan and uh my wife's family uh her mother is from Logan and uh so I spent a lot of time there and I know the town and I've uh, actually fun fact for those of you who don't know this I actually sang uh, I was in the choir my ninth grade year and we actually went up and participated in a choral event at Utah State University so I'm very familiar with uh, Utah State a lot of my friends uh, decided to go there I however uh, went down south to Dixie State where it is a little bit warmer but anyway Utah State uh, the whole I mean like I said it kind of went through this 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 revive uh 2011 2012 and they were getting back to 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 bowl games and stuff they've only been to 12 bowl games and we're going to go through uh the last couple years so 2018 17 15 14 13 12 and 11 that's seven games so before 2011 they had only participated in five bowl games and uh, one was with uh Oh, no, sorry. Two two was with Gary Anderson. So before uh, Gary Anderson took over, they had only been to five bowl games. Gary Anderson took over um, had two years. He went four and eight. And then he kind of stepped it up. They had Chucky Keaton. Uh, he was a really big arm, really fun to watch. He did get hurt, which was really sad to see when he went down. But he was a really fun player to watch. And... Uh, Gary Anderson ended up leaving to go to Wisconsin, where he's there from 13 and 14. Uh, and Matt Wells took over, and Matt Wells kind of kept it up, went 9 and 5, 10 and 4. Uh, then he went through a three year slump, 6 and 7, 3 and 9, and 6 and 7. And last year, he willed this Utah State team to a New Mexico berth where they beat down pretty good on North Texas. So. Uh, the last over the last few years, out of, over the last ten or so years, this team has really kind of hit a totally uh, different level than what it had been beforehand. Like I said, uh, I think the entire university. I, now I don't know this, but it could have been the university president. It could have been something because they totally hit it. Because uh, I remember when I was little, not a lot of people people wanted to go to Utah and BYU, and if you wanted to stay at home, you'd go to Ogden, you'd go to Weaver State, you'd stay at home, live at home, and. Uh, just stay in the Ogden Valley. However, like I said, they kind of hit a big little recharge, and uh, now it is appealing. They're getting a lot of uh, students from uh, where I live, from Salt Lake Valley, to go up to Logan. And it is a really fun uh, place to be. Anyway, so this last year, they went 11-2, and and they kind of broke onto the scene here. And in their losses, they were both very close each year or each loss they were extremely close uh they almost beat michigan state 31 to 38 now that game should have went into overtime uh michigan state kind of drove the ball 
towards the end of the game and stop Utah State's defense. They couldn't stop them, but then vice versa, Michigan State couldn't stop Utah State's offense. And I remember them kind of driving it and then hold. I believe there was an interception uh, towards the end of the game, which forced Utah State to uh, lose that game. But really kind of an impressive uh, time when you can go into East Lansing and get the win. Uh, they took care of pretty much everybody. Air Force, they won by 10. Uh, Wyoming, they won by 8. So not really a lot of close games. Colorado State, they only won by 5. And that was the game where uh, they actually should have lost, I believe, Colorado State. They had an illegal touching call. Uh, they had called the game, and then they reviewed it. Uh, the Colorado State player had actually went out of bounds and came back inbounds and caught the ball. And that's how they ended up winning that game. Really kind of a crazy game. They were in Colorado. Uh, that was the same week as the Utah-Colorado game uh, where it was snowing like crazy out there in Fort Collins, it was snowing like crazy, and I was in Denver running in freezing rain, if you recall from the from the Colorado and the, the University of Utah podcast, but, and then they played Boise State at the end of the year, uh, and they ended up losing by nine points, however, it was on the Smurf turf, so it's kind of, it was a difficult game, a lot to ask for this team, now, uh, this upcoming year, a lot of people are saying Utah State is on the downward slope, uh, just because A, Matt Wells left, uh, a system guy that, uh, obviously, his system worked this last year. Uh, I also think that a little bit is, you know, localization, uh, who are you playing, are those teams as good? Honestly, if you're not playing San Diego State, Fresno State, Boise State, uh, you're going to get a lot of wins out of the Mountain West. Uh, Nevada kind of was good for, for a little bit, but the Mountain West is largely top-heavy, and the bottom teams are, are really bad. Uh, Air Force, every once in a while, are pretty good, but, you know, uh, it's been a while since Colorado State has been good. Uh, it's been a while since Wyoming has been good, even though I do like Craig Bull there, uh, former North Dakota State uh, coach. New Mexico hasn't been good in a while. So it, it's basically been Utah State and Boise State that's kind of ran away with it on this side of the conference. Uh, and so we're going to be taking a look at this Utah State Aggies uh, upcoming schedule and stuff like that. We'll probably talk a little bit about Jordan Love. A lot of people are giving him praise. Uh, I know on The Herd with Colin Cowherd, uh, I don't remember which guest came on. I listened to it. Uh, you know, two or three times a week, and uh, they actually said that this guy was the sleeper to win the Heisman Trophy, so Jordan Love obviously getting a lot of national uh, attention there, and, uh, you know, their defense, they, they lost a lot on their, their offensive side, they lost nine, uh, they only bring back a left tackle and the quarterback, uh, now, Jordan Love is only a junior, so you got that playing into it. Uh, you can develop, and, you know, uh, if you lose that many team or pieces, you think, okay, well, then we got to rebuild for the next year. However, I don't think that is going to be the case up there in Logan, especially with Gary Anderson back on the scene. So, like I said, going to be a really interesting uh, year for Utah State. So we're going to have the ad break now. After the ad break, we will be... Uh, talking a little bit about Utah State, my theories for them uh, this upcoming season. Uh, this will be our last uh, football preview, well, potentially, but probably our last football preview before the season gets going. So stay tuned after the ad break, uh, breaking down the 2019 schedule for the Utah State Aggies. 
We are back after the ad break, and we will be discussing the 2019 Utah State Aggies uh, schedule. So they start off uh, first game of the year at Wake Forest. Now, uh, we're going to kind of talk about it. There are a lot of areas of concern for this Utah State Aggies team. However, they've had the best recruiting class since... Probably ever in the in the history of the organ uh, the organization, they have had a lot of big name recruits coming in. So, uh, Aggie fans expect a lot of freshmen to be out there. Uh, they they do have, I believe, they have a couple of transfers coming in. So watch out for them. I think they'll be. Uh, they have a couple kids from. Uh, here in Utah, from Orem and uh, from Sandy, who I have seen play in in. Uh, in high school, uh, they have a couple of big recruits out of California. So watch out for this team. They're definitely going to be interesting. And uh, especially since Gary Anderson is back, I think it's a pretty smooth transformation where I remember when Gary left and holy cow, he's going to Wisconsin. You know, how is he going to leave? I think he even named his his cats Blue and Aggie or something like that. And he has, a, he has the Aggie Bull tattooed on his leg, something like that. I remember something that yeah, I, they might just be rumors. They could be true i don't know but everyone's like what are you going to do when you go to wisconsin obviously bounced around a little bit he was at utah last year uh university of utah with kyle whittingham and now he's back at the helm so i'm excited to see what he's going to do back he is kind of the the prodigal son who went away to the big programs came back and is going to take utah state into prominence anyway so areas of concern with these guys number one uh their wide receiving core is largely depleted uh they lost a couple of big playmakers uh, from last year's squad. So when you look at it, you're like, okay, well, it's been a while since they've had a really big receiver. Uh, the the leading receiver wasn't uh, – well, Kendall Smith played from 85 to 88. Uh, Kevin Robinson had a good year from 2004 to 2007. So they haven't really had a lot of big receivers. So that it, 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 despite having an area concern, uh, you got to have Jordan Love. you got to have playmakers to that Jordan Love will throw the ball to. And then their offensive line, big old question mark there. Uh, mainly because they only bring back one left tackle who started, uh, Alfred Edwards. Everyone else is going to be new. Now, that doesn't mean that they haven't gotten snaps or haven't gotten the shot. Well, they're going to have a very young, young offensive line. They do not have one senior on the offensive line. The oldest is a is a junior, and he is the center. So, and the left guard, Ty Shaw, as a junior. So, it will be very... Uh, big question marks, I guess, on the offensive line, and I think that will show immediately in the Wake Forest game. Uh, after you look on the defensive side, they have most of their D-line back, a couple of their linebackers. Their secondary is uh, very young as well. Uh, so those are kind of the areas of concern, but like I said, when you can go from uh, a guy like Matt Wells, who took over the program, and then beforehand Gary Anderson was there, it's really going to be a really smooth transition. I don't think they will have uh, any problems with that transition uh, now. Starting off, we hear they will go on the road to play at Wake Forest. Now, this will be the third time that Utah State uh, will play Wake Forest uh, the most recent time they've played was in 2017. They kind of got uh, thumped at 10 to 46. Yes, 10 to 46 that year. So I think they kind of have a, a bad taste in their mouth. And I think that this Utah State Aggies team, uh, judging in, in recent memory to come out, they played really well in 2017 against Wisconsin uh, when 
uh, when they came out, punched him in the mouth. It was, I believe it was 10-10 through the first half. Later, Wisconsin pulled away, but they played well, played really well against Michigan State this last year. Uh, they, so they, particularly, they played very well at, to start off the season. I do think that uh, Wake Forest has a slight edge, but I, it's really hard for me to say 50-50 either way. Um, I believe Wake Forest is, a, is an extremely good team, and as an ACC team, I think they have a little bit more pride. You know, we're not going to lose to a Mountain West team, especially coming into our house. Uh, Wake Forest it did lose quite a bit of starters as well, so it'll be interesting to watch that game. Uh, like I said, it, it really will show. Uh, I will be able to watch this game because it will be a localized game, but for those of you watching it, you know, you'll be able to see if that offensive line is good. If... You know, the the areas of concern are going to be taken care of or is it going to be an ongoing fight? For me, uh, the defense always looks really good at the first of the year. Traditionally, defenses, you can put plays, blitz packages and stuff together a lot easier than you can put in an entire offense. Uh, I don't know how much Gary Anderson is going to be changing that much, so that will be something to watch for. Kind of a scary... Uh, game right out of the gate, but it will tell us a lot. And... Uh, so that's just what I see. I Like I said, I want to give uh, Wake Forest a slight edge. Now, it will only be 55-45 because I think this Utah State team has the talent to beat them uh, given the right situation, uh, but they do need to get, get ahead, and they need to play from ahead. Afterwards, they play Stony Brook. Now, Stony Brook went to the FCS playoffs last year. Uh, they are an impressive team out of the CAA. Uh, I wasn't able to have them on the on the show, but, you know, an impressive team. I, I like... Sony Brook, the Seawolves, I think is a sweet mascot, one of the coolest in uh, FCS and FBS, a Seawolf, that's so cool. Anyway, I think that uh, them coming up to altitude on the road, I see Utah State winning. Afterwards, they buy, and I think it will be really important to take this buy. I know a lot of people say, you know, uh, early season buys aren't the best, but after a Wake Forest game and after a Stony Brook game, you're obviously going to look. Uh, there's going to be holes on the Wake Forest side, and then the, after Stony Brook, you're going to know, okay, well, we may have fixed those holes. We may have patched them up. This is what we need to do, and then you're going to be going into uh, San Diego State. Now, they have not, the, the Aggies have lost 10 straight games to San Diego State dating back to 1968, so they have lost 10 straight to the Aztecs. Now, uh, I I do have Utah State losing this game. I think that San Diego State is much improved. And kind of like a lot of teams, they just kind of have that team they have to beat. If there is a team uh, that can beat them, it will be this team or next year's team. I think that Gary Anderson has a lot of pride. I think he can come in and hopefully get the win there. But for me right now, I see them losing against San Diego State. I think San Diego State is going to be playing... Uh, uh, Fresno State, that will be who will be coming out of the west side of the Mountain West. Afterwards, they go on or they come home and play Colorado State. Now, uh, Colorado State is uh, last year obviously a heartbreaker. Uh, home teams are four and two in this series uh, the la over the last couple of years. So obviously, you're going to take the home team's advantage four to two. Uh, I think Colorado State does have a bad taste in their mouth from the Aggies. Uh, but I think that Gary Anderson, in the end, will outcoach uh, Coach Bobo from the 
Rams. So I'm going to give uh, Utah State the advantage in that game, and I'm going to say that Utah State will win that game. Afterwards, they will be playing at LSU on the road in Death Valley. Uh, it will be a nice October night, I believe, in Louisiana, but uh, we're not going. To, I'm not going to be taking an upset here. Uh, I do, like I said, I do like this Aggies team, but they do not have the firepower to take down uh, Ed Orjon's LSU Tigers. After that, they kind of will be able to heal their wounds, and they kind of have the big push here. And it will be very important to pick up a lot of wins in this course because for right now, they're 3-2 and two in my book going into this Nevada game. Could be 2-3 and three depending on how that Wake Forest game goes. Uh, so they need to pick up a lot of wins, and the games they're supposed to win, they need to win this. Uh, they're going to be uh, home against Nevada. Now, Nevada has won uh, seven of the last nine games, so they've only won twice. Uh, this last year, they did not play, so it will be... I, I think this Nevada team is uh, vastly improved from years past. Uh, they were really bad a couple of years ago. Uh, so it will be interesting to see what ends up happening. They do return more uh, starters than what Utah State does, but uh, Nevada coming from Reno to Salt or to Logan, I'm going to give the home team a slight advantage. Now Utah State has struggled with Nevada in the past, so it's not going to be much of an advantage. But I do think that uh, Nevada uh, will play them very tough. I think it will be a great night. I know that Utah State fans, uh, a lot of people say, well, it's hard to say how much of an edge the fans give uh, the players and stuff like that. No, this the, the, this fan base at Utah State, it is a sellout crowd every single game, uh, especially if it's like the wideout game where they get crazy, they get loud. Like I said, I have a lot of friends. They're kind of notorious for a lot of cheers and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be loud. It'll be a really fun game to watch. I will give Utah State the edge. After, they're going to have to go on the road to Colorado Springs and play Air Force. Uh, the Aggies snapped their three-game losing streak last year against Air Force. So they, they were able to beat them. They know what it took to beat them. And honestly, uh, with Air Force, it's all about A, clock management, B, capitalizing on when you get the ball, and C, stopping them on third down. They're a run-first team. Uh, they're an extremely talented team in, in doing that. Now, I'm going to give Utah State an advantage. Now, you're going to go, whoa, and you, know, you know, on the road, Colorado Springs. Uh, but I do think Utah State has the potential to beat them, especially because they're bringing back more starters on defense. By this point in the, in the year, they're going to be really familiarized with the, with the defensive schemes, with the offensive schemes. And overall, Air Force, like I said, they're a ground and pound. They're never, ever out of a game. However, uh, I think Utah State can put up some big points. I mean, last year they put up 59 against UNLV. They put up 45 against BYU, a, a very good BYU team at that, uh, a 62 against San Jose State, So this and 61 against Wyoming. Oh, no, sorry, New Mexico. So it really is a uh, – they can put up points, and I think that's what they will do against this Air Force team after they will play home against BYU. Now, BYU is off the bye, and a lot of people ask me this. Well, you say it's a big brother, little brother type thing. What's going on with Utah State? And 
over the past three or four years, uh, Utah has dominated the state, obviously making the Pac-12 championship, uh, and Utah State has played very well, obviously going 11 and two this last year. Like I said, last seven years getting or last ten years getting to seven bowl games. That is extremely impressive. And BYU has kind of been an afterthought ever since going independent. And we can have a, a conversation whether independent is good. Uh, people can call into this show. You can write into the show and let me know your ideas. But I think it is a, was a terrible move by BYU. It is even worse than playing in the Mountain West. Now people are like, well, we're playing Tennessee. It's a bad move. Uh, Gary Anderson is really good against the Cougars. Now that was back when Bronco Mendenhall was, was uh, the head coach of the Cougars. Uh, I don't know how it will fare with Kalani Sataki. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he is the coach. I think he's a good coordinator. I think he's a good hype guy, but I don't see him uh, as a winner at BYU. And I think BYU is kind of avoiding letting him go. But honestly, if you want my fair assessment, I think Utah State does beat BYU. This last year, they thumped him 45 to 20 on the road in Provo. Now, that is crazy. I remember watching that game, and uh, Utah State... For whatever reason, when I talk to Utah State fans, like they'll ask, "Are you a Utah BYU fan?" You know, and Utah State fans will, "Oh no, I'm an Aggies fan." You're like, "Oh okay." And then when the Aggie fans ask you BYU or Utah, you say Utah. They're like, "Oh okay, no big deal." Don't say a word. They don't say anything to you. But if they say, if I was to say a BYU fan, because I've been with my friends, and they say, "Oh man, I hate BYU. BYU's the worst." Blah blah blah. It is really kind of funny. Utah State really does have a beef with BYU. I don't know if BYU has that same beef with Utah State. I was actually able to attend um, uh, the Utah State-BYU game. It was when, in 2014, when BYU lost the game. Uh, I was at that game, and we were, uh, where my grandpa, my grandfather's uh, tickets were at, we were up a little bit higher. Uh, We were above the student section. They had some really funny signs. Uh, BYU, if you guys don't know this, they're, they're not allowed to grow out their beards, so, uh, or have any facial hair, the guys, so all of them were in beards, and we were just making fun of the Cougars, and Utah State ended up winning that game by a score of 35 to 20, so kind of an interesting game, now that, that was a really impressive, uh, Utah State team, and, uh, maybe a little bit down of a BYU team, I think BYU recharges this year, I think they know what their quarterback is, uh, Tanner Mingham was, not a good quarterback. I think Zach uh, Wilson is a little bit better. So it'll be a really interesting game. But on the road against Utah State in Logan on an October night, or sorry, November night, I'm going to be taking Utah State in that matchup. Uh, it is not because I want to see BYU lose. I'm just going to be taking that. I think Gary Anderson is a better coach than Kalani Sataki. I think that Gary Anderson makes better adjustments, in-game adjustments. And Gary knows what it takes to beat him. He was on that Utah staff last year. Uh, you saw BYU was up uh, four touchdowns, right? Or three touchdowns. And Utah comes back and wins. And everyone's like, oh, my goodness, you know, BYU choked. No, they got out-coached. BYU, instead of, you know, going out and working hard, they sat back on their hunches go, well, we don't want to lose this game. So, honestly, and, and Gary Anderson was a big part of that uh, as a coordinator at the University of Utah. Great guy, and I think he has the stuff, uh, him alone, to be able to take down BYU. And uh, the talent is there on the Utah State side to do so. After they go on the road to Fresno, and sadly, I do have them losing this game with Fresno with a big uh, advantage. I think this Fresno State team, might be one of the best teams coming out of the uh, 
Mountain West this upcoming season. They went 12-2 and this last year, and they did beat Arizona State in the Las Vegas Bowl. Now, Arizona State's big wide receiver, I believe he was drafted by the New England Patriots, did not play in that game. However, Fresno State, they rolled through their schedule last year. They did lose to Minnesota, and they did lose to Boise State, but they ended up beating Boise in the, in the championship game, kind of like I wish Utah would have done, but besides the point... Um, Fresno is a really impressive team. I love Jeff Tedford. I think he is a, he's a great coach. He did really well at Cal. And I think he's turning it around down there in the Valley in, in, in California in Fresno. And I'm going to take Fresno State in this matchup. I actually have Fresno winning that side of the conference. And uh, I don't think Fresno lines up with Boise. Yeah, Fresno does not play Boise State this year. So I think it will be even easier for them. Uh, this will be the, the the biggest test yet, in my opinion. Now, some people say San Diego State is on the up and up. But I still think Fresno, until San Diego State beats Fresno, Fresno is going to be kind of king over there. Uh, I do have uh, Utah State losing that game. And then after they play uh, Wyoming at home and five of the last seven games against the Cowboys, uh, including last year, they slapped a two-game losing skid. Utah State did. So they had lost Wyoming quite a bit. 16-17, uh, they had lost Wyoming last year. They beat them. I do think Craig Bowl, like I said, I do like Craig Bowl and his system. They did go 6-6 six and six last year. They got stiffed out of a bowl game, so... Uh, kind of sad to see. I think he is doing a good job there. Uh, I don't think they have the talent that Utah State does. Uh, Wyoming, I feel like, is a little bit, Laramie Wyoming is a little bit tougher of a sale, and uh, their swag's not as cool if swag matters to you. But I do have uh, Utah State winning that game, especially at home. Now, they did go on the road last year in Laramie and win, and I think they will win uh, against Utah State. And here's a fun fact for you, uh, Wyoming fans. Uh, maybe I could do a Wyoming preview because I've known a lot about Wyoming and uh, I have seen Wyoming play three or four times, a couple at the U and a couple at the Y at BYU. And there's this one fan that travels to every game. Now, I he does have a shirt off and he might have, you know, shorts. I, I think he has suspenders on personally and he wears a barrel. Like, he has, like, a hollowed-out barrel. Weirdest thing I've ever seen. Uh, but he's a diehard Cowboys fan, and uh, he will definitely be there. So Utah State fans, look for him in the crowd on that game in November. Uh, I remember they came to Utah, and it was towards the end of November, right before the BYU-Utah game, and he was there. And he was in, I believe it's suspenders that is under there, but he has this giant barrel walking around with his giant barrel on. So uh, if he's still there, still kicking, look for him there. And then afterwards, uh, Utah State does play Boise State. Now this will be uh, the biggest game of the season. They can lose to LSU. They can lose uh, to who I think San Diego State and uh, Ella and and Fresno State, but this is the biggest game of the season, and they do get it at home. Now people have debated whether the Smurf turf gives Boise an advantage. Obviously, it does when they go blue on blue on blue. They're going to have a little bit of an advantage. Now I think that. Uh, Boise State is, is an extremely talented team. I think uh, Brian Harson, uh, one of my favorite coaches, he he play, he coached at Arkansas State, did really well there, and now this year or this uh, now at Boise State uh, has done very well as well after taking over uh, Chris Peterson's uh, stead there. So I I think I think it, I will give you it a 50-50 I think by that time of the season if Utah State has lost some of those games like San Diego State or Fresno Wake Forest those games that are kind 
kind of tough, and we'll see how they respond to those games. BYU, uh, if they win some of those games, you're going to be like, okay, this is a safer bet to beat uh, Boise now. They have not uh, beat Boise State for a while. They have not beat them since 2015, and they actually beat them pretty good there, and it was at home uh, in 2016. They lost on the road 2017 Uh they lost at home in 2018. They obviously lost on the road. So now you're at home. You haven't beat them since 2015. So I would like to see Utah State win this game. I will give them a slight, a very, very slight advantage just because they are at home. However, I do think Boise State is a better team overall. And I think then it will be a them against Fresno in the uh, Mountain West Championship game. Uh, however, if Utah State impresses and does something here, they definitely uh, will be in that Mountain West game and then they play uh new mexico new mexico uh not really a, a big threat here new mexico hasn't uh hasn't had a very good last couple of seasons so uh i mean you look at it last year they went three and nine year before three and nine they did go to a bowl game they busted out in 2016 which is crazy to me but uh they ended up uh three and nine last year. I don't know what is going to happen this next year. They do only bring back two returners on the defensive side of the ball, bring back a lot on the offense. So I think it'll be a lot more of a scoring matchup. But last year Utah State put up sixty one. I think that they'll just roll that kind of last game of the season. I do think that uh Utah State will be getting back to their third bowl game. Uh and I, I, I'm really impressed with, with this team overall. Um, I think Jordan Love, if he continues to to improve, uh, he will be definitely talked about as one of the top quarterbacks. A lot of people are talking about Tua out of Alabama and like, oh, he's kind of like the catch of the draft. Jordan Love, if he comes out, will definitely be very good. Uh, it will be interesting to see if he comes back for his senior season, but I think he's right up there with Justin Herbert, Tua. Uh, obviously, uh, Trevor Lawrence is is kind of like the guy everybody's catching but if you were to take any quarterback uh outside of power five i think jordan loves by far the best and i would not be surprised if he is on the heisman list he can straight up ball uh and he and i think that we're going to be seeing him he's, he's been there since uh 2018 kind of just cutting it up and, and, and taking over and I think this is his team so like I said it'd be really interesting uh, once when we see this this team out on the field uh, in Logan so that is our 2019 Utah State Aggies preview I think that uh, Aggie fans should be happy for this next upcoming season should be excited you get a shot at BYU once again at home you do get uh, a chance I mean uh, if you beat Fresno, San Diego State, and Boise, you'll definitely be ranked in the top 25. Last year, they uh, finished 22nd in the polls after they beat down pretty good on North Texas. And North Texas was a really good team this last year. So there it is, Utah State Preview 2019. This should be our last one. Uh, if you hear another one after that, it will be like, psych, but I don't think that you will. I think that this will be the last uh, preview as we are coming closer to the start of college football. I cannot wait. I love college football. It is the best uh, time of the year. I love that fall smell, everything about it. So tell your family, tell your friends, uh, follow us on all of our social media accounts. Uh, we are on Facebook, 
Instagram, Twitter. Uh, We do have a YouTube page, and we will be on the road this upcoming season. Hopefully, I can get up to Logan and watch a game, uh, be covering it for you guys, getting to a uh, pregame or postgame press conference, letting you guys know how it is. So there it is, 2019 Utah State Aggie football preview. Until next time, have a great week, and keep the ball rolling.